0: Hi, I'm Lindsay and I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. We
1: have great news to share with you. We're starting season five of Tumble
0: on October 4th. That's less than a month away. But while we're working on our brand new episodes for you, we're sharing one of our favorite older episodes, The Secret Senses of Plants. We hope you enjoy. Before we get to this week's episode, we've got a few things to take care of. First, we want to let you know that our audio course is finally out on Himalaya learning. The Wildlife of Your Home pod course is a 10-episode series that will train you to become an indoor wildlife investigator, a rare kind of scientist. You'll learn about ecosystems by discovering the unknown creatures you wake up with every day. It's available right now on learning.himalaya.com tumble. If you enroll now, you'll get a free 14-day trial on the Himalaya Learning platform. And next, we got some new patrons to thank. Roland, Bridger, happy belated birthday on August 2nd, Bridger. Your dad loves you and loves all the adventures you go on. Isaac and Aurora Lang, Ian Skinner, Aaron, Holly, and Charlotte. And Charlotte, happy birthday on August 15th. Keep learning and asking questions. Your mommy loves you. And also Cleo Chan Testa. Keep learning and shining, and happy birthday on August 21st. There are also some more not-new patrons with birthdays coming up. Persephone Schmitter, happy birthday on August 14th. Leo Liked Gould, happy birthday on August 15th. Your parents love you and are so grateful for you. Catherine, happy birthday on August 16th. Emma Kay, happy birthday on August 21st. Mom and Dad are always so proud of you. Julian Boutel, happy birthday on August 21st. Thanks to all of you and to everyone who supports Tumble on Patreon. If you'd like to get a shout out like these people or get a happy birthday wish from yours truly on our podcast, just go to patreon.com/tumblepodcast and pledge at the $5 level or higher. Once again, that's patreon.com/tumblepodcast. Our question today comes from 6-year-old Jude Do plants feel
1: pain? How do we know?
0: Jude started to wonder about this during a car ride.
1: I saw some people out my car window uh, cutting a bush, and I thought, did it hurt or not? So I asked the question. We know plants are alive, but do they feel like we do?
0: Like when you trim their branches, are they like,
1: ah, ow, 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 (laughs) (laughs) ow, ow, that hurts. (laughs) I gave Jude's question to a very appropriately named plant scientist, Heidi Apple. It's not spelled like the fruit, but (laughs) I've never objected to the confusion. (laughs) Luckily, Heidi's pretty comfortable with sorting out confusion, especially when it comes to how plants feel or don't feel.
2: So they don't feel pain in the way that we do, because when we talk about pain, it's a physical sensation and it's also an emotional response to that. Situation.
0: Okay, but what if I think that a plant looks like kind of sad when it gets all droopy when you don't water it?
2: Well, that doesn't mean that it actually feels sad. Um, I don't think plants have emotions like we do, but they do have uh, sensations of pain when their tissue is damaged.
0: Wait, so plants do have pain when we cut them? Like flowers, trees, grass, everything? I'm never going to mow the lawn again.
1: (laughs) How convenient, Marshall.
0: (laughs) I don't like mowing the lawn anyway.
1: Well, we can't say that plants feel pain
2: the way that we do. Senses are the way in which we tell what's happening in the world. And then
1: feelings are what we do about it. So even though plants don't have brains like humans, they know what's happening around them. Plants also
2: have a way of knowing right away that they are attacked. And they do that because they're worried about infection, just like our bodies are. And so they have a really quick, rapid way to send defenses to the site so they don't get infections.
0: Wait, so she's saying when a plant gets cut or attacked by an insect or, like, sick with a disease, it does something about it? I thought they were just, like, passive, like, eh, looks like I'm covered in bugs here. Well, come to just stay here and take it.
1: I thought that too. But there's a whole secret world of plant defenses and communication going on. When plants
2: are attacked by insects or by diseases, they defend themselves by
1: making more uh, special chemistry. Plants send special chemicals down through their roots and out to their leaves to protect themselves. And they also release chemical signals into the air.
0: Ooh, like what kind of signals?
1: Signals like, ah, this bug is eating me, (laughs) to predators of the bugs.
0: Well, that's crazy. So plants are like getting on the radio being like,
1: allies, come in, come in, I'm under attack. Yeah, and they also communicate to their plant friends, like, hey, buddy, watch out for bugs.
2: So there's a whole kind of world of chemical communication at a level that we can't smell. It's there, but our nose isn't tuned to smell it until we really do damage to plants, like we mow a pasture or our lawn. And then that odor we smell from plants, (laughs) we smell is actually the plant's
1: alarm calls.
0: (laughs) Geez, that gives a whole new meaning to the smell of freshly cut grass.
1: Yes, but blades of grass aren't actually screaming when you cut them. They're just sensing that they've been cut and reacting appropriately.
0: Okay, but this is crazy. Like, how do we know this isn't just a big campaign to make vegans feel bad? How do scientists actually know that this is true?
1: Well, there's a really interesting story. Well, the people that started this
2: research several decades ago, they ran into situations where... The response they were measuring in the plant was different when there was a plant that was undamaged in the same room versus a plant that had already been
1: damaged that
2: was in the same room.
1: The budding plant scientists (laughs) were using a special tool to measure the chemicals released by the plant.
0: Would you say that their research was branching out into new fields?
1: (laughs) So what you have to do
2: is collect the air and pass it through a little trap that will collect the chemistry that's in the air and concentrate it.
1: Then the scientists took that sample of air and put it into another instrument that measures the chemical compounds or volatiles.
0: So it's kind of like they could uh, interpret plant language.
2: Plant language interpreters. And they found out that when they have a damaged plant in the room, it would cause the defenses of nearby undamaged plants to go up. Now that's weird, so nothing's happening, they're not communicating below ground, we're not doing anything to the undamaged plant, and that's, where they, that's how they discovered that the damaged one is releasing volatiles, invisible to us, to our eyes and to our nose, but detected by the undamaged plant, and the undamaged plant knew to make more chemical defenses.
0: Plants are really talking to each other.
2: As a side note, kind of personal note, it was my husband who discovered talking plants, and I have discovered listening plants. It's a family affair. (laughs)
0: Listening plants? Like plants can hear us? It's only a matter of time before someone uses that to spy.
1: I'm very suspicious of the philodendron in our corner right now. He's wearing headphones in a mouthpiece.
0: (laughs) Who gave it? Did we get those headphones?
1: No. (laughs) He just showed
0: up with them one day. (laughs) So how did Heidi find out about listening plants?
1: That's another interesting plant
2: story. Well, it was one of those um, kind of aha moments that was a complete accident. So I had recently moved to a new university. I was meeting Rex Colcroft, who was a bioacoustician.
1: That's what you call a scientist who uses sound to study animals. He asked me what I did, and
2: I said, oh, I study how plants defend themselves against insects and tell when they're attacked and how they make the appropriate response and how well it works. What do you work on? He says, well, I work on how insects use plants to communicate with each other, so they're a passive
1: deliverer of sound. Rex studies how insects play plants like instruments, drumming on leaves or making other kinds of sounds that other bugs can hear. He'll record their music.
0: Man, you got to check out the new record by the Thorn Bugs. It's so rad.
1: (laughs) The day Heidi met Rex, his recording session hadn't gone so well. He said, but we had a
2: terrible... time this morning, uh, we were making recordings and there was an insect chewing on the plant and we couldn't hear anything else. And we looked at each other, her eyes got wide, we thought, you don't suppose that the plant uses that
1: chewing information for its own purposes. In other words, what if the plant used the sound of chewing to prepare to defend itself?
0: Ah, so the plant would get clued into an attack by a nearby munching sound, kind of like uh, rustling in branches and growling for human predators. Exactly. So great minds think alike, but how did they actually find out what was going on?
2: Well, that's where all the hard work comes in, because eureka moments are few and far between.
1: (laughs) Heidi and Rex started working together to create an experiment and test their hypothesis. The first step was to measure the leaf's movement with a cool-sounding instrument called a cold laser.
0: Oh, cool.
2: So as a leaf vibrates in response to an insect drumming on it or a caterpillar feeding, that laser records what that movement of the leaf is like. And um, what he can do then is play back a signal to the leaf to make it move just like it did when the caterpillar's
1: feeding, but there's no caterpillar. So these signals are actual audio recordings that sound like the chewing caterpillar and make the plant physically vibrate. It sounds like this.
0: We should try playing that for our houseplants and tell them they're at a haunted house. (laughs)
2: And when we played that vibration back to the plant and then challenged the plant afterwards with the real caterpillar, the plants that had gotten the vibration treatment made more chemical defenses than the ones that, that just had the silence.
1: The vibration recording was like a warning signal for the plants. So when they faced an actual caterpillar, they were more prepared than the plants that hadn't heard the recordings. And we thought, oh, Wow, (laughs) the plant is reacting to just
2: this movement signal.
0: I once read a kind of crazy book about how plants grow better if you play them classical or jazz music. Um, This isn't like that though.
1: Yeah, plants aren't really classical music fans, and the studies that claim that they are haven't been successfully repeated.
0: And you really need to repeat an experiment many, many times to confirm your results.
1: Right, so Heidi and Rex being good scientists modified their study to see if the plants reacted to other movements in the same way.
0: So they're trying to find out if plants just got bothered by any vibration and not just caterpillars.
1: Exactly. They compared the caterpillar vibration to the vibrations of a gentle wind and another insect call. But they found plants only upped their defenses in response to the real threat, the menacing chewing. (laughs) (laughs) It was that chewing.
2: Rhythm that appears to be the cue that the plants use to tell that this is a real sound, important one that they need to respond to.
0: So she says it's kind of tough to trick a plant.
2: She's also saying that listening plants are the real deal. When we got the results of the second experiment, we were so excited because what it meant is that we had discovered that plants can respond to a sound that's meaningful to them in their environment in a way that is appropriate to the sound, so a chemical defense.
1: But that's not the end of the story. A whole new set of questions has branched out of this discovery. How do plants hear? And what parts of
2: the vibration signal are important to them? What are they queuing in on? That's what she's
1: working on now, and we'll let you know what she finds out.
0: Okay, so it turns out plants can sense a lot more than we thought, even if they don't feel. So what do you think plants might respond to? If you have a garden or house plants, observe what your plants are responding to day after day. Maybe they're bending towards the light. Maybe when you play scary music, they tremble and try to hide.
1: <laughs> Send us your observations, videos, and drawings to tumblepodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear what you find out. Thanks to Heidi Apple, Professor of Environmental Sciences at the University of Toledo in Ohio.
0: Thanks to Jude for asking his questions and his mom for helping out with the recording. Thanks to all of our awesome supporters on Patreon. Dog who wanted me to give a big... Hendrix, whose dad makes kids' learning tube. Lila Castleman. Charles Lansdell, who told us he can't sleep at night because he listens to our episodes, which Charles... Go to bed. <laughs> and lastly, Chloe, who we met in Barcelona and had an awesome playdate with. We're gearing up to launch our teacher store with tons of activities, lessons, and more. If you pledge to Patreon at the $5 level or above, you'll get access to all of it for free with our special Patreon code. Check it out now at sciencepodcast4kids.com slash materials. Sarah Lentz is our editor.
1: I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I produce and write this show.
0: And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I made all of the music. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time for more stories of science discovery.